If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21. Today in our series, we're covering all of First and Second Kings. Now we're going to do something a little bit different today, is we are going to do, instead of one longer sermon, we're going to do kind of two mini sermons with a time of prayer in the middle. And so because we're doing that, we don't have a lot of time to cover First and Second Kings. And so what I want to do is I want to read First Kings 18.21, and we're going to see in that verse, honestly, what, what is the question and the idea behind a lot of First and Second Kings. And then we will dialogue with that question and give history and overview of these two books. And then we'll see how they push us to Jesus. And so if you have your Bibles, First Kings chapter 18 in verse 21. And Elijah came near to all the people. Elijah was a prophet. He came near to all the people and he said, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, Baal was a pagan god, but if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. The primary idea behind First and Second Kings, I say primary, and I say that even uh, hesitantly, because there are, of course, when you cover as much history, hundreds of years are covered in First and Second Kings. It's hard to just say there's one primary idea. But First and Second Kings are historical books, but they're also books that give us and teach us lessons. And one of the ideas is, is how, how excuse me, how faithful are the kings and the people, how faithful are they to the covenant of God? We've been talking about covenant all throughout this series. We see God create a covenant with Adam and Eve in creation. We see God make a covenant with Abraham. We see God make a covenant with the Israelite people through Moses and the Ten Commandments and the giving of the Ten Commandments and the giving of the law. In all of these covenants, it's in call, it's a covenant relationship that says God is God, he is king, and we as his people or the covenant people must be loyal to him. And this is what we see played out all throughout the kings. But let's give some history a little bit and then we'll continue to dialogue with this question. How long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, then follow him. If Baal is God, then follow him. First and second kings, give some history, contain over 400 years of the Israelite history from 970 BC all the way to 560 BC. Um, two major themes that we see within First and Second Kings, or two major themes that we see in catastrophes, is first, we see the rejection of Israel as God's people come as a result of rejecting God. We see at the end of the story as both Israel, the northern kingdom, and Judah, the southern kingdom, as they are defeated and taken into exile, we see the rejection of God over them because of their unfaithfulness to covenant. Second, we see a deterioration of, uh, excuse me, because of the deterioration of the kings, we see prophets begin to rise up. Remember, we don't see a lot of prophets before the kings, but prophets began to rise up because the role of a prophet was to speak God's word to the kings and to the people when they were being unfaithful. Now, we see uh, the first king as Saul, then we see David, then we see Solomon, and then after Solomon, the 12 tribes of Israel are divided. 
and we see the northern kingdom, which is later is known as called uh, Israel, the nation of Israel, the northern tribe made up of 10 tribes, the northern kingdom, 10 tribes, Israel. And then the other half or the other division was the southern kingdom, which was Judah, which was made up of uh, just two tribes. The northern kingdom, Israel, the capital city was Samaria. The southern kingdom, Judah, the capital city was Jerusalem. Now, Kings tells us the stories back and forth between the northern kingdom kings and the southern kingdom kings, and we see them interact with one another. And so as we think about this, let's just keep that in mind. You have the united kingdom with the first three kings, and then we see a divided kingdom after that go on for a few hundred years. The two books, first and second kings, cover 39 different kings from both the united, which is the first three, and then the, the divided kingdom. The first three books, uh, or the first three kings, Saul, David, and Solomon. Uh, then we see the 36 kings covered after that. Um, covenant loyalty, we talked about that for a minute ago, but covenant loyalty is the theme that goes throughout these books, and it was the measure of success of a king. Whether a king was successful or not was defined by simply the question, how loyal were they to the covenant with God? In the northern kingdom, we see 19 northern kings mentioned, and not a single one of them followed the Lord. 19 northern kings were mentioned, and not one of them does Scripture say that they were successful and were faithful and loyal to the covenant. Out of the southern kings, 20 kings are mentioned, and only eight of them are said to be faithful or loyal to the Lord. 39 kings are mentioned, and only eight of them are loyal to the Lord. Remember that Israel... God made a covenant with Abraham, and he said, I will make a great nation out of you, God said to him, and I will bless you so that you can be a blessing to all nations. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, we see the Israel people grow. They go into um, Egypt. They are in slavery in Egypt. God calls them out of Egypt in the Exodus with Moses. They spend 40 years in the wilderness. Eventually, they cross into the promised land. They cross the Jordan, go into the promised land. They become established as a kingdom. And then we see judges begin to rule over them. The last great judge is we see Samuel in the story of 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel. And in there, we have Saul and David in 1 Samuel also. But it transitions from judges to kings. Now, Judges served in moments like kings, but they were not recognized as kings. During the season of the judges, the people were still what is called a theocracy, theos, that they were a government run by God. They didn't have a king. But when Saul, when they introduced kings, they became a monarchy where they did have a king ruling over them. But even under a monarchy, they were still supposed to be different. They were supposed to be a people that even under a monarchy were still a theocracy where theos, God, still ruled over them. Well, we see 39 kings mentioned and only eight of them were loyal to that covenant relationship. Hence, we see 2 Kings towards the end of the journey and the history, we see God send them into exile. He tells them, that if you are loyal to me, I will bless you. If you're not loyal to me and our covenant, I will not 
bless you and I will send you into exile. Two things I want us to walk away as we hear this tragic story. First is I want us to see that they go into exile. But we will see as we continue to read or when you're reading, they return from exile. And that even through discipline, even through God using other kingdoms uh, to bring judgment on both the northern kingdom Israel and the southern kingdom Judah, that even though that happens, God does not give up on his covenant. He is still, as we'll see, he is still faithful to the covenant. He brings a remnant back. They restore the walls. They rebuild the temple. And that is continued on to eventually when we see Jesus be their great Messiah. I do not want you to see that even though God brings discipline, that is not him giving up on his covenant with his people. God cannot give up on his covenant with his people. He is faithful to his covenant no matter what. But the truth is, as we look at this, is how loyal are the people to the covenant? And that's where the tragedy lies. The people were not faithful, were not loyal to the covenant. Now remember, David was the second king overall, and he was still the king over a united monarchy. This was before they were divided. And God made a covenant with David. And this brings us to the second thing we want to see. First is God is faithful to his covenant no matter what. Second is that God had made a covenant with David and he promised them there will come one that will go through your lineage that will sit on the throne forever. Now, the lineage of King David continued through the southern kingdom Judah, which they saw more prosperity because they at least had eight kings. That scripture says that they were successful because they were faithful and that they were loyal to God. Not perfectly, but they were still loyal. And so they are pointing. Now, Here's the second thing. Kings teaches us that there needs to be a better king. When we look at 39 kings with only eight of them being faithful, and even in that, Scripture within those eight will say, even though they were faithful, they still did not do X, Y, and Z. And they'll list some things that they still were not perfect in. So even in the faithful kings, even in the loyal kings, they were still imperfect kings. They were not able to bring the eternal kingdom of God. And so secondly, kings is a picture of God being faithful to his covenant, even though the people were not faithful to God. And it teaches us that when we are longing for a king, that's the story of the kings. Remember, Israelite people wanted a king so bad. They were longing for a king because they thought it would be better. And then they kept getting these wicked kings that were not better. It teaches us that we need a king that is better. It teaches us that we need a king that is perfect. Here at New Hope, we, we firmly believe that that king is Jesus. Scripture says that he is king of kings and lord of lords. We believe that Jesus is that great prophet. He is that great Messiah. He is that great king that the Old Testament is looking to. He is the king of the Jews. He would be crucified as the king of the Jews. Now, they would do that in mockery of him but missing the reality that he really was the king of the Jews. And not only is he the king of the Jews, but John chapter four says he is the savior of the world. Jesus is that perfect king, that first and second kings is showing us that isn't existing yet, that is constantly failing over and over and over again. And it's building anticipation in the story of God, the story of scripture for a king that is perfect. 
for a king that will never be defeated, for a king who is faithful to the Father no matter what. We see Jesus when his time on earth say, I'll only do what the Father tells me to do. I am perfectly loyal to the Father. He is a king, the perfect king for us. And he is a king who did not use his power to domineer, but he used his power to serve. He used his power to lay down his life for those that are part of his kingdom. And so when Jesus goes to the cross as king of the Jews, he is not a defeated king in that moment. But as we saw last week, he is a victorious king, even amidst triumph. And he is raised from the dead on Easter Sunday. And he is the victorious king. And Ephesians 1 says that he has been made alive and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. And God the Father has placed all things under his feet. And he is ruler over all things. All authority, power, and dominion, all names that have been named. All, not only in this age, but in the age to come and in all places. He is ruler over all things, but Ephesians 1 end says, and he has been given to the church, that he is our king, he is our ruler. The question is, is he your king? Is he your ruler? Here at New Hope, we believe that a mark of a Christian is someone who is living surrender to the lordship of Jesus. We use lordship very intentionally because we believe that Jesus is our savior, but he's also our lord and master. He is our king. That we are saved by bowing to him as king. We are saved by bowing to him and being a part and submitting to his lordship and his kingdom by confessing our sins and calling upon him for salvation. And he is a king who saves so are you living surrender to the Lordship of Jesus today? Are you surrendered to the Lord? And if you're listening to this and you have never surrendered your life to Jesus as Lord and Savior, now I want to pause there for a second because you may be listening to this and go, you know what, I, I've, I grew up in church. I, I've prayed prayers. I've read my Bible. I've been baptized even. I'm a Christian. Those are all marks and characteristics of what a Christian does. But what makes a Christian a Christian is that they are in the kingdom of God. And to be in a kingdom means you're under a king. That you are surrendered to Jesus as king of your life. And so if you're listening to this today, and if, have you ever surrendered to Jesus as king? Have you called upon him in salvation? And if not, might today be the day? Pastor, what do I do? How do I surrender to him? Just for sake of illustration, what do you do when you surrender? Well, we see a picture of bowing. We see a picture of just putting hands up and I surrender. All of those are outward workings of what's going on in your heart and your mind of going, I give up, I'm yours. I, I give it all to you. Today, might you just give it all to him? all your worries, all your anxieties, all your hurts, would you give it all to Jesus? This was a super quick overview of 1 and 2 Kings, but let us see that God is faithful to his covenant no matter what. And 1 and 2 Kings teaches us that we need a perfect king. And scripture tells us that that king is King Jesus. Might you today surrender to him as Lord and Savior of your life. Here's what we want to do. I want us to spend some time praying together. More specifically, I want you to spend some time praying with those that are in your home. So if you are with your family, 
let it be your family. If you are, have roommates, let it be with your roommates that are there watching this, maybe if you're watching this together, or if it's by yourself, I want you to spend some time praying by yourself. I want us to take the next 10 minutes, and there's gonna be some things on the screen that's gonna guide you, and you're gonna, there's gonna be music playing, there's gonna be uh, things, but if you hear a ding, that's gonna let you know that there's, something, there's a new prompt to just pray for, and so listen to that so you don't always have to be watching, but listen to that prompt and then guide you in prayer. But we want you as a family to have a sweet time of just worshiping together uh, in your home or you as an individual have an intentional time praying with the Lord. And so just spend some time praying together. And then when we're done, Charles and I are gonna come up and we're gonna have a conversation about how do we spend time with the Lord and how can we grow in this season even amidst isolation so would you now just take some time, um, pray together, spend 10 minutes doing that, and then once that time is up, we're going to come back together and continue in our time of worship. Take some time now and pray.